Have you ever heard these words? Maybe you were at a wedding and uh, the pastor begins by saying something like this. Dearly beloved, we've gathered here in the presence of God and these friends to bring together in holy matrimony this couple. Or maybe you've heard that at a funeral. I've heard that often at a funeral and used it myself. Dear friends, family, we've gathered here today to celebrate the life of a loved one, a friend, a family member, whatever it might be. Um, I, I've wondered sometimes if we shouldn't do that at church. Maybe you say, here's why we've gathered today, friends. I, it is an important thing and a question that we don't often ask. Why do we gather? Why should we gather? Or is gathering even important? Well, we've been talking about that for the last three weeks as we've explored the subject of to gather. What does it mean to gather? Why do we gather? And is it important that we gather? As a matter of fact, the church doesn't really have an option in this matter. To gather for the church is not an option. It's definitive. It's who we are. We are a people gathered together, the called out ones gathered together for a distinct purpose, and that purpose is to extend the movement, the mission that Christ has given us. We gather together to grow. We've talked about that in the last couple of weeks, right? We said, first of all, that we gather together in circles to grow. It's important for spiritual growth that we gather together. We said that we gather, last week we said that we gather face to face to be encouraging, to encourage one another and to be encouraged. Today, we're going to talk about the fact that when we gather together as a church, we gather on mission. We gather together because we are on mission together. So why gather? We gather for growth, we gather for encouragement, and we gather for mission. Let's think about that last one just a few moments this morning because I think we need to understand how important it is that we gather together shoulder to shoulder on mission together. If you've ever been on a mission, whatever mission that might be, if you've ever had a goal, if you've ever had a battle to fight, you know that it's always helpful to have someone with you and a bond is formed when we go through these pursuits of mission. I think about the military, for example, and I, I, I wonder at how military groups will meet together, units will meet together years and years and years after the war. Why? Because they were, had something in common. They were on mission together. They were in, um, in trenches together, and they dodged bullets together, and they evaded bombings together, and, and that formed a togetherness. They knew they had each other's back, and they had a common mission, and they had a, a common goal. And, and and so all of those things bind them together even stronger, and we know that they would meet even years later. Ball teams, right? If you've ever played a team sport, you know that there's a brotherhood that's built, a sisterhood that's built when we have a common mission, whether that mission is to win the, the league championship or whether it's to win the state championship or, or whether it's to have a winning season, whatever values, we, whatever goals we may have, that there is a mission that we share together. And when we share that mission, we do it together and it's so helpful, right? We have encouragement along the way, and we have people to help us along the way. And when it gets difficult along the way, all these things work to our good. Well, guess what? The church needs the same thing. The church needs that same um, uh, encouragement, that, that, that same strategy. The church needs the same idea of coming together on mission and working together, moving together in life, shoulder to shoulder. You see, we've said that the gathering must not be, the gathering of the church must not be looked at as an event, 
but as a lifestyle. <clears throat> and we've seen that, right? It's not just an event, a Sunday event that we come to for an hour a week or, or maybe two hours a month or, or maybe three hours a uh, um, a year. It, no, it's not an event. It's a lifestyle. That's the point. That's what the church is. The church gathers as a lifestyle. Now, we haven't suggested that the church ought to gather every day of the week in a church building, but we don't have to do mission in a church building, right? But rather we gather as opportunities arise because we are on mission together. I think that's so important for us to learn. Now, how do we do that? Think about it just a minute. The church does it in all kinds of ways. And when we are on mission gatherings, we are somehow bonded together in a very special way. Maybe you've seen that at youth camp. Have you been to student camp? Or maybe you served at student camp. Maybe back when you were a teenager. I don't know. I, chances are a lot of us have been. I've been to a youth camp when I was a teenager. And I've been to many youth camps as a pastor. And I, one thing I see is that I see when we get students together and we are gathered together, uh, and we're face-to-face, and we're in circles, and we're on mission. There is a camaraderie that builds. There is a strength that builds, and student ministry groups will meet even years later and talk about those times together. I, I think about mission trips. I've been on many mission trips, and perhaps some of you have. When you're on a mission trip, there is a mission that we are on together, whether that mission is to the people in Kenya or the Bahamas or whether it's Guatemala or Ecuador or wherever it may be, we are on mission. And that mission unites us. That mission brings us together. We encourage one another. We help one another. We support one another. And that mission group will always remember the people who were on that mission with them. I think about things like crisis management. Those of you who have gone to help with hurricane relief or, or gone to help when tornadoes ravaged an area or gone to help with something else. Maybe it's to build a ramp for someone who needs help going up. But that being on mission and having people with you shoulder to shoulder is an encouragement. And that having people with you shoulder to shoulder gets you through that mission project. That's what we're talking about today. The interesting thing is that the more we realize that we are on mission together, the more we realize the need for encouragement, and the more we come to understand that when we are on mission together, encouraging one another, spiritual growth does take place. I'm convinced that the gospel writers give us clear evidence that Jesus designed ministry as a team sport. <laughs> it was a team effort. When he talked about ministry and when he sent people on mission he always sent them with support, shoulder to shoulder. And as a matter of fact, on the instances that are recorded in the Gospels, he sent them by two, by two here and two there. For instance, the Scripture tells us in Mark chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, these words. Mark says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. He sent them out two by two. And by the way, when he sent some people, some men to go fetch the colt, remember when he was going to leave Bethany and ride a colt into the city of Jerusalem for his triumphal entry? He sent two men. When he needed a, a, a room for the Passover meal with his disciples, he sent two men to find and secure 
a room. He sent his followers in two, his disciples in two, to go out and minister in the land. But then there's a particular instance I want us to look at this morning where Jesus sent 70 other, 72 other people on mission. Let's go there. If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, and let's see what Jesus tells us and teaches us about this being on mission together and how it is that it's important that we have more than just me, that we are not alone, but we have people with us. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse number one, says this, after this, now stop right there. I think it's significant because in, in Luke chapter 9, anytime we see after this, obviously he's speaking to something that's already occurred. And in Luke chapter 9, just before this, the story is told by Luke that Mark tells us that Jesus sent his 12, the apostles, he sent them out on mission two by two. But now after this, we're going to see that Jesus once again, this time it says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others, 72 others. So this passage, although it's very similar to the one in Mark 9 and Mark, I mean Mark 6 and Luke 9, it's a different occasion. Here he's sending, very important, 72 others, not the apostles. Why is that important? I think that's very important because what we learn is from this is, and what we can take from that, I think, is this, that all of us are on mission. It wasn't just the 12 apostles. It wasn't just the 12 clergy, if you will. It wasn't just the 12 leaders. There were 72 others. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we think today, when we think about being on mission, we think, oh, that's for the pastor. Or we think that's for the, the elders. Or we think that's for missionaries. No, no, no. No, here's what Jesus is saying. Yes, there is leadership in the church, but we are all on mission, 72 others. Now, don't get tripped up on this particular verse, because if you're reading in a different translation than me, your translation might say 70. It could say 70. It could say 72. Actually, what's happening here is there's a variant in the manuscripts, and I don't have time to unpack all of that, but here's what I think is important. What's important is scholarship on both sides say it could be either one, really. It could be 70, it could be 72. But don't miss the point. The point is not whether it was 70 or 72. The point is that it was a multitude. It was a, an even number. It's as though we see that Jesus is saying, when I send you on mission, I'm not sending you alone. He sent 72 others and he sent them, watch this, ahead of them to a specific place for a specific purpose. He sent them ahead of him, look, in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He sent 72 in pairs. So don't get lost on whether it's 70 or 72. The point is he sent them in pairs once again. He sent them on mission together. He sent them on mission shoulder to shoulder. And then he talks about that mission. Verse 2 says, he told them, the harvest is abundant. This is the 72 he's speaking to. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or even sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. And whatever house you enter into, first say shalom, peace to this household. 
So here's something I want you to see. I want you to notice what happens when Jesus sends the church out on mission. First of all, they were sent. Now, I know that seems elementary, but I think it's very important. It says, and he sent them. I think it's important because we understand that we're on mission. And we are sent on mission by our Lord. Listen, you're not sent on mission by your pastor. You're not sent on mission by your elders. You're not sent on mission ultimately by your denominational uh, leadership. No, we are sent on mission by Jesus himself. We have the very same mission that he left with his followers when he departed this world to go to the heavenly realm. When he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That same mission is given to us when he said to his disciples, I'm going to expand this movement. I'm going to start a movement right here at Caesarea Philippi, right here at the foot of Mount Hermon. I'm starting a movement, a gathering of people, and that movement is going to grow and expand. And now 2,000 years later, we are part of that movement. But Jesus had a moment when he gave it to the church, and he said, this is yours now. I'm going to be with my Father you're going to carry on the movement. And guess what? Our church fathers has passed it down from generation to generation to generation. And now, even in 2022, we the church are given that mission. We the church are given that charge to continue the movement and to proclaim the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. It hasn't changed. And the one who sent us hasn't changed. They were sent. Secondly, I want you to see they were strategic Jesus had a plan. He sent them shoulder to shoulder by twos. He sent them to the places where he was going to go. He sent them to certain towns and villages. They were each assigned a place. It wasn't random. It wasn't chaotic. There was a plan. There was an organization. There was a strategy. But the key strategy I want you to see for the purpose of this message is they went together shoulder to shoulder. He didn't send anyone out alone. Now, I don't know about you, but that brings comfort to me because I like having people with me when I'm on mission. Third thing I want you to see is they kept it simple. He said, don't take anything with you. Don't take bags. Don't take sandals. Don't take extra clothes. Don't take money. All you need is me. Keep it simple. Follow me. That was his initial call to these men, to these people. And now, once again, he calls these 70 and he says, just Follow me, trust me, keep it simple. Now, when we think about simple, we think of intent, or I do anyway. When I think about simple, I think of intentional. Simple doesn't mean easy. Simple doesn't mean uncomplicated. Simple simply means intentional. And here the intentionality is trust me. What a comforting thought to think that as we're on mission, Jesus is our source of supply. He's our resource. He's our empowerment. He's our strength. When he told his disciples in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples, he said, and lo, I am with you always. The authority that's been given to me by my father, I am now giving to you. It's his authority. It's his power. It's his resource. And so you see, as we, the church, are on mission today, our resource is the Father. So keep it simple. We're sent. We need a strategy. And we need to keep it simple. Now, there's a couple other things I want to share with you about this passage that I think are very important to us today. I think it brings it right down to home and brings it right down to us being on mission. What do we learn about being on mission from this particular story? Several things. First of all, 
Jesus told them that being on mission is difficult. Being on mission is difficult. In that second verse, he said it this way. He said, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers into the harvest. It's difficult. That's a good reason in and of itself to be shoulder to shoulder. How many know that when you're doing a difficult task that is not easy, a crowd helps it? Many hands make the burden light, right? I recall a few weeks ago after the last rainmaker that came through, I was out in the yard cleaning up some sticks, picking up some sticks, trying to get the yard ready to be mown. And, and, and as I'm out there, I'm looking at all the sticks and all of the limbs, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, this is a massive job, and it overwhelmed me for a minute. How am we going to ever get this done? And, and about that time, Beth came out of the house from some chores she was taking care of inside. She came out into the yard and started picking up sticks and limbs and helped, and immediately... The burden was lifted. How many of you know it's a good thing when you have a difficult mission to have someone walking shoulder to shoulder with you? Second, I think this teaches us that being on mission is sometimes dangerous. Sometimes dangerous. He says in verse 3, Now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. There was, a da- uh, there was a dangerous part to this mission. Now I don't think the disciples were surprised at that. In fact, I think that the 12 understood it immediately at Caesarea Philippi. When Jesus said, I'm going to start a movement, certainly there must have been a little bit of cringing going on in them because zealots who began movements and who tried to multiply movements in the Roman Empire uh, usually didn't end well. Rome would smash any kind of uprising. Rome would squelch any kind of movement. But Jesus was determined, I will build my church, my movement, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Not just the Roman Empire, the very forces of evil will not be able to stop it. And guess what? That's been proven true because today we still see the movement carrying on. And they knew that it would be dangerous. No wonder it was when, they were, when Jesus was arrested by the Sanhedrin in the Garden of Gethsemane, the disciples all what? They all fled. Because they knew that if the Sanhedrin and the Romans could capture the leader of the movement, the next would be the followers. And so they ran and they hid. But Jesus brought them out of hiding and said, No, no, now, now the movement, the mission is being passed to you. Now the mission is on your shoulders. But I'm not having you face it alone. You'll go together. So being on mission is sometimes dangerous. Being on mission is always difficult. Being on mission requires great discipline. It takes discipline to keep moving and to keep going. You see, sometimes we just want to quit. Sometimes we just get, we get discouraged and, and we just need, uh, we need someone to say, keep going, keep going. Put one foot in front of the other. Don't stop now. You're not at the end yet. Keep going. It it takes discipline. Another reason why it's a good thing to be on mission together, why it's good to gather together on mission, shoulder to shoulder, encouraging as we go. So the church gathers shoulder to shoulder. We gather shoulder to shoulder to serve together. And I found that as we serve together, we need to encourage one another. We need to be encouraged. And as we are serving other people, encouraged by those who are close to us, spiritual growth begins to happen. 
It's amazing how spiritual growth is connected to obedience. We tend to want to connect spiritual growth with learning what I can put in my head. But you see, discipline and obedience causes what we put, the knowledge that we put in our head to go down to our heart. That's life transformation. And that's when spiritual growth begins to happen. So you see, my friends, really what we've talked about for the last three weeks are really a cycle. It's really a season that just goes through a cycle. It's not three separate things, three separate items on a spiritual to-do list. It's not that we say, okay, we're going to grow, we're going to encourage, and we're going to be on mission, and okay, I checked that first box, I checked the second, I checked the third, oh, I'm done. No, it's a cycle. It continues to move. You see, we grow spiritually by encouraging one another and being encouraged. We grow spiritually by being mission and as we are on mission we need the encouragement and we need to be encouraging and as a result of being on mission and serving others serving jesus causes us to grow spiritually and as we grow another cycle begins and 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 maybe we're with a different people or person that we are encouraging or being encouraged by and a different mission opportunity arises it's seasonal it's it's a cycle that just keeps going and that's what makes this christian walk so exciting It's so exciting. It's not a checklist to check off. It's a movement to be a part of. It's not just a checklist to check off in a boring fashion. It is being a part of a movement, a mission that is clearly defined, sent by the Savior Jesus Christ with a specific strategy and a simple process that says, follow me. Follow me as you go. So being on mission together is important. So here's the takeaway that I want to leave you with today on this thought. And hear carefully the wording. The takeaway is this. We gather because we are on mission. We gather because we are on mission. We don't gather to be on mission. We gather because we are on mission. We don't gather to be missionaries. We gather because we are are missionaries. We don't gather to follow Jesus. We gather because we follow Jesus. It's important for us to see that gathering is essential when the church gathers together to grow and to encourage and to be on mission. The church really is the church. (laughs) So today, as we conclude this series, I want to challenge you Will you ask the Lord to send you to a people group that you can gather with? A a gathering of believers, a church. Now, we love having you gather with us here in this online gathering. But we'd love to see you go even beyond that and gather physically in a location somewhere where you can be with others, where you can gather with people to grow and to encourage and to be on mission together, where you can meet with people and gather with people in circles and face-to-face and shoulder-to-shoulder as you carry out the mission that Christ has given you. I know I'm talking to believers today. I'm talking to the church today. But I'm telling you once again, as we said week after week now, to gather is not our option. To gather is who we are. Well, let me pray for you. As we go today, Father, thank you for allowing us these moments together. Thank you for allowing us the privilege to go. For allowing us the privilege to serve.
And thank you for giving us such a wonderful strategy. It is comforting to know that as we gather to go, we gather shoulder to shoulder with other believers. Thank you for making us part of your family, your church, your team. Thank you for giving us partnerships around people, with people around us. And God, empower us as we continue, as we seek to do our part to continue this movement that has made such a difference in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Great to see you today. And hope to see you again right here next week.